0: I podcast from a beanbag.
1: Quinn podcaster, and I don't think this is going to change post baby.
0: No, I don't either. I feel. Do you think I should pump while we're um, (gasps) recording and just have that? Of course.
1: Just, dear readers, get ready for a podcast beginning with just pumping noises. I I
0: wouldn't do that to you guys.
1: I'm wondering honestly. What I'm wondering is if I should also get. If you should pump. (laughs) <laughs> just see how it feels um no I'm curious if I should we should when we get enough Patreon subscribers we're gonna invest in another beanbag so that I can also be level from the floor then we
0: also need another kids table that's well you're gonna have two kids like you I, think they each need their own child's art table Carrie
1: I, I no comment I have <laughs> nothing to say <laughs> I think why would you why would you not give your children what they want? That seems like that's more of an it's more of like a you thing. <laughs> You're a monster. Rudy? Darkly. It's fine. Speaking it of, we, we had
0: Koa's parent-teacher conference yesterday, which is by telephone, but... um It was like an hour and a half long. One-on-one?
1: Who has the... wait like, yeah. parent-teacher <laughs> as in, like, just you and Matt and the teacher. Correct.
0: An, and on a phone call talking just about Koa for an hour and a half. An it
1: was... An hour and a half? Listen,
0: that's my kid, and I'm going to go ahead and say... That was too long. That was way too long. I didn't need to know all the things I you learned. You are
1: going to a Montessori school, though, which... No shame, no hate, no nothing. Yeah. But, like, they're going to be more feeling schools. My public edu- My public school education was, like, your kid's fine. Tell him to listen well, to he's, rules more. he is going to
0: go to public school, which I am excited about for a couple reasons. Montessori school's great. It's really nice. His grandparents are paying him to go to this, like, really nice preschool where they want to talk to you for an hour and a half about your kid, and where That's half of his school day—that's what
1: blows <laughs> is my so mind—is crazy. He goes to school for three hours. Wow. One thing
0: she wanted to talk about wow. is that after he plays with kids at school, um, and he's like, you know, making friends and fine, she'll ask him at the end of the day, "Who did you play with today?" And he'll go, "No one. I played with no one." And she's like, that's not true. And like has to remind him like about his day. But he has this like character in his head that is him that is this loner. And it's not so. But I like it. No one.
1: I mean, I play I mean he alone. probably is just saying no one of importance.
0: Oh, Dang. Okay. I think let's
1: take it a step further. He's like, yeah, no, one. I don't care. They played with me. Good for them.
0: Yeah, lucky them. Lucky them. They should be so lucky. They should. They that are so lucky. That I let so them lucky. do a puzzle at my table. That
1: I allowed them to contribute to a puzzle that I was working on. That kid loves puzzles.
0: Yeah, he fucking loves puzzles, man.
1: I guess he's your kid.
0: Yeah, I like puzzles Do you a lot. like
1: puzzles? You like solving, like, escape
0: room puzzles, but do you like a jigsaw puzzle? Of course. Doesn't everyone? No, it's comforting, especially because they take a long time. So they sort of become this like little part of your life where you sit down and do a few pieces and then you walk away and it's a good brain break, especially with how much we're on our screens. I watched Social Dilemma this week and I was like, I can't, um, it's nothing new. It's something you haven't heard at this point, um, or at least I didn't have any like major revelations. I just was like, this is a good reminder. It's always a good reminder. Um, what I liked best about it, actually, is that when you hit the credits at the end, they break it down into advice, which is what you really want from a film like that is like, okay, come on, like, I know you're essentially telling me to get off all these apps. Right. Right. And then if you don't do that, you feel like there's the whole movies maybe be a call to action that you're not following, which is tricky. Right. But they, you know, they had some like bite sized nuggets at the end that were like, don't have notifications on on any program. Don't let Facebook talk to you unless you have decided to talk to Facebook. Yes, I think that's smart. Um, and,
1: I love that, too, because I mean, any sort of like a uh, prescriptive documentary like that where it's like um, fed up or um any of the like ones where it's like don't eat meat or you'll kill yourself, like uh, those ones, I feel like it becomes like you become conscious of it and then you quickly forget about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like you go into like a like supersize me. I watched it and I went and got McDonald's that day. That's not important. <laughs> you were once. like, now I'm
0: starving.
1: I was watching and I was like, is it bad that I'm craving a French fry? I was in high school. My mind was young, malleable, whatever. Those. Red and yellow colors. They fucking got me. Those are supposed to be more appetizing, in case you didn't know. Um. Anyway. Psychology. Psychology. There were two documentaries, one about meat and one about sugar. And they were so scary that I immediately was like, okay, I have to correct. And then I quickly went back to
0: I think that's sugar. just it. They're like crash dieting. It's too extreme a request sometimes. Right. Listen, there's just these few things you can do. Well, what's tricky is I have this podcast and then I have a company I run right. and I promote them on social media. So I need access to social media to do that. And, of course, when I sign on to do a promotion to say we have this new episode about this or to say we have this new show uh, that my company's doing, I goof around for a hot second. Not to you? mention uh, some of our stories I get from. yeah same clicking clickbait well on like Facebook. i said
1: it's like i get every shark story comes up on my feed always right and i am like oh that's interesting that's interesting and i i get more information from the social medias because it has my name and my number and my ip address and that's all you need to know everything about me apparently but you can if you're like me you can get someone like quinn who can manage the truly directly creepily podcasting. Get someone sites. else, so to, get do someone else to do your social media. It. And Quinn has a kid so it feels like for me because I have no kid and no life and no prospects just in general I think it's I would be really fully invested in social media. I I also found. Oh it's, too,
0: it's a really dangerous it's a da- line to cross have, for like, you. I
1: live by myself. Mm-hmm. I don't have someone to be like hey let's do dinner unless I have to go somewhere and plan it. Like it's not you have a kid running around. Yeah, you can't I can really be... only
0: get on social media if I'm pretending to poop. That's fair. That's the two go hand in hand.
1: Exactly. And I I can poop whenever I want. And I don't I have can't to tell anyone. That. I can't No brags. I don't have to tell
0: anyone when I poop. <laughs> I have to announce it. Actually, Matt and I had a big fight uh, a couple nights ago because I announced I had to poop, which is really also just a request to be left alone. And I announced it, went into the bathroom, Yeah, which shut one? Upstairs, the door downstairs? upstairs, yeah. went into the bathroom upstairs, which doesn't lock, mm. shut the door, and was almost immediately interrupted by the door opening. And I was like, I don't understand why. <laughs> There's a lot of rooms in this house. <laughs> There's a lot of communications that can be saved for later. Yeah. Unless – and I just have to say to him, unless the house is on fire, if I tell you I'm going to poop and then I go into the bathroom and yeah. close the door, just don't come in there
1: for anything. Or pretend like you just knock.
0: What do you mean? Pretend. Like, did he just
1: open it or, like, knock? Like pretend- No, he came on in. Yeah, well, I mean, that makes sense. I'm not – but, like, knock. Knock. Like, even that – don't you think – okay, this is a question. Do you think – that would have adjusted your feeling if he had knocked and asked permission to come in and you granted him permission. Do you think Well, that would... I
0: wouldn't have granted. I never would grant. <laughs> so that's he knows he knows pushed through that. Yeah, he pushed straight through that boundary. Interesting. It was really getting scolded by me for like an inordinate amount of time. Like me scolding him, him being like, I understand what I did wrong, and me being like, Good, now I'm gonna tell you again what Why you I did didn't. wrong.
1: Yeah. That feels on brand. <laughs> For me. I can't believe we've gone this far without saying Merry Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas. God bless you, everyone. Each and every GD1 of you. And while we're at it, Happy, Happy Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Yeah.
1: Happy Hanukkah. is, And also Diwali has passed, but Diwali happened. All the things. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa. We're trying to be... Incl- and also Moon Festival. You know what I mean? Like, we're here in the winter solstice, so... Mm. We want to make sure we're representing all of our dear readers, dear listeners. But most, but today I think is Christmas. Today is? I think today is Christmas.
0: Oh, this will fall upon Christmas.
1: I think it's going to be on the eve of Christmas. And I hope you're using, let me see, I just want to check. Here
0: comes Santa Claus, here comes Santa Claus. It's actually, who? here came Santa Claus, here came Santa Claus. No, Santa it's not. already came.
1: Not. He already came. He already came. It's the twenty fifth. He came on Christmas Eve. Oh. He, he here came Santa Claus.
0: Thence came Santa Claus. hmm Got it. And my favorite thing is Christmas Carols. My favorite thing is coming downstairs oh, during this season yes. and yes. saying, Alexa, play Christmas yes. carols. Yes. Oh my god, did I just make your house play Christmas carols? <laughs> that would be so great. I hope you did. This is like the season where you get to wear tights with your high heels. You wear like tights, high heels, right. oversized sweater. Yeah. Earrings that look like presents. Yeah. Kind of looks. Yeah. And very eighties. Uh, and I love it. But we love I'm a just, bold
1: lip with a cozy sweater dress. That's what we love in yeah. this house.
0: And we, would, we can still do that. We can, are we though? Come on. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. I'm never going to wear be, anything gonna but pajama pants again.
1: Most, <laughs> you're just going to have like chafed nipples and it's going <laughs> to be a Merry Christmas to you and yours. Wow. You don't do real Christmas tree, you do fake Christmas tree. Fake. Can I tell you a secret that you should do? It's spray too rare it for you, dear readers, saw? but take it. <laughs> spray <laughs> with pine salt. That is the pandemic holiday because apparently pine salt kills the virus.
0: But Great. The, Everyone drink pine salt. Everybody you drink You heard pine it salt. here second because <laughs> the, I bet I know who said it first. We know we don't say <laughs> him. We don't say his name.
1: No, but if you find yourself near a Christmas tree location, you know how they cut off the stump?
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: get the stumps and you can make a really pretty candle arrangement and that's where all the scent is. Oh, love. So you can still have the scent of a fresh cut Christmas tree, but also not buy a tree. And also have your fake tree. It's already set up. It's easier. That's the trick. Yeah,
0: the fake tree, it took me a while to warm to. But now that we have it, it's a huge money saver, a huge yeah. time saver. Yeah. And there's no shedding. And it's just, we put it up. And we're done. And we're done. And then we take it down and it goes back to the basement. I know how tall it is. I know it's going to stand straight and beautiful. Um, and it's, it's uh, once you spread the fake branches about, it really does... Uh, Look real. Never done the uh, the Christmas circuit though, here the Diker Heights. Oh, I have. Is that great? I wanted to do it last year, but it just seems like a good pandemic activity because you can kind of just because it's outdoors. Well, you can hunker in the car even. You can if you have a car. car. It's perfect. It's a perfect Christmas
1: experience because these houses are like decked out. Insane. Really? Insane. And then there's people giving, uh, they're selling hot chocolate, like ice cream trucks are selling hot chocolate. So you can walk around with some hot cocoa and see all the lights. Or a hot,
0: make it yourself a hot toddy. Yeah, Bring or that. throw some Baileys in there, get a little Bailey hot chocolate. That's yeah. fucking divine. I think we're probably just promoting some drinking and driving here, but you know I was, what? It's I the holidays. I was walking. Take risks.
1: I'm walking and I'm taking the train. You should do that. Hey, I know that's gonna be a lot because you have a babe. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it. Fair. Um, so I do want to give a quick update on something. I don't know if you remember. I don't know the episode that we did, but I did um, the Nexium Cult, and I'm sure some of you have already been watching the vow. Um, well, this is
0: gonna be an update that's very out of date.
1: It's an update that's out of date. But here's your here's your
0: out of date update. Here's
1: your out of date update with
0: Gary Ebema, Keith Rainier. He
1: was sentenced to life in prison, 120, 120 years. years.
0: And he deserves every single year of it.
1: I don't know why I was so satisfied by this.
0: Because he has no remorse.
1: He has, well, not even that. He but said,
0: I didn't do anything wrong. Like It's he's, also
1: sex crimes. It's also a cult. It's taking advantage. And I think because I had just done The Family a couple weeks ago, a month or so ago, it's like... The fact that someone is being fucking punished for doing something heinous and evil.
0: Ugh. Sign me up. My two cents is he should have gotten 50 years for that haircut alone. (laughs) (laughs) It's really (laughs) offensive.
1: The volleyball is the worst. When you just had everyone come and, like... Tell him how great he is. Do you want to come to volleyball practice? and Yeah. And ugh. tell me how wonderful I
0: am. Just could not have ever made real friends in this <laughs> lifetime, so needed to go about it this way. Ugh. Ugh. Down with Keith. Down with Keith.
1: Um, So this is our Christmas special. and What's more
0: holiday than a holiday murder?
1: And this murder that we are doing on, truly.
0: Darkly. Creepily. Creepily. Is jean benet ramsey you guys we are we ready it. we're not i don't even. I think, don't think we're, we're ready actually how ready. can you be ready You're for not. the most important murder in, in our lifetime in our life sure
1: <laughs> the most important
0: murder jesus which is his
1: birth what are we gonna do no we this is <laughs> i think we're gonna split this into
0: two eps because let's do a Christmas. Let's do a New Year's. Let's talk about John Bonet on this podcast exclusively forevermore.
1: Forevermore, wow. till we solve it. Till we solve it. That's our pledge. I it's mean, not
0: you guys can keep listening. It's not
1: just listen. You're fine. Friend, You're friend, fine. you Um. So we how did we divide this up? Is like I do. Well so Carrie and I
0: don't usually as you guys know, Carrie and I don't usually uh tag team a story except tag team Ironically, the last time this happened was last Christmas. Christmas and it was by accident when we both did the solder children. Yeah. Um this time around I suggested we do Jean Benet. I suggested we do it together because Well, it's just a beast, and well, there's so much information on it. You can't divvy an
1: app. You can't divvy an app, and also I think what it's so it is because there's been so much discussion and documentaries and commentaries on it. It's like it's we got to talk about all of
0: it. We have to talk about at least seventy-five percent of it. Yeah, and it yeah so percent. The agreement was that Carrie was gonna. hit up some research and present to us uh, the before. I'm going to present the during, like the crime. And then Carrie's going to talk about why it looks like it was the family. And I'm going to talk about why it looks like it was anyone else.
1: I think also what's important to note is we didn't talk about our research before, so I think we probably
0: have major overlapping. Yeah, and it's gonna be super disorganized. But that's what you guys pay the big bucks for. Join Patreon. <laughs>
1: what a plug. <laughs> All right. So Sometimes think... you
0: get what you pay for. Sometimes you get
1: what you pay for. Merry you? Christmas. Christmas. You filthy animals.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, okay. I guess we're I in think it. You should start us off. Her name? Was Jean Bennett Patricia Ramsey? Jean Bennett because her father's name was John Bennett, and her mother's name Patsy Patricia, so she was named Jean Bennett Patricia Ramsey. She was born in Atlanta, Georgia, in nineteen ninety. She had an older brother, Burke. He's three years older than her. Could you imagine being born? Imagine it. You're being born. Uh, <laughs> I'm there. And the name you're given is Burke then your sister comes and she's not only given her father's name she's given her fucking mother's name too that surprised me the fact that it was John Bennett Patricia Ramsey like this child clearly was like ah, mm-hmm. a moment John Bennett so John um and his wife Patsy this is his second marriage And he had three kids from a previous marriage. Two of them were adult. And I didn't know this, but in 1992, his daughter Elizabeth died in a car accident. So he had lost a daughter, tragically, in a car accident four years before this case started. I had no idea. Isn't that wild? Which kind of informs some of the some of the interviews or some of his like sort of distance I felt Mm. which we'll get into that he is the president of Access Graphics which is a computer systems program and in 1991 he moved from Georgia to Boulder, Colorado now John Binet's mother Patsy was a pageant girl she was known as being like she loved the spotlight. There's footage of her performing in the community. Obviously, she joined the pageantry train. She had her daughter Jean Benet, and she was like, "Come on over, Jean Benet. Here we are. We're pageant family." Here's so your Benet, tiara. They interviewed the seamstress in one of the um, documentaries. I watched a lot of documentaries. I watched an A and E. I watched the CBS mm-hmm. one. I watched a little Investigation ID. I also watched, have you seen casting Jean Bonnet? Yeah, it's great. Wait, I can't It goes wait a to totally different direction I than you think it will. to talk to you about it on this podcast. Yeah. It was physically uncomfortable. Sorry, it's so good. Jean Benet, a seamstress, um, her daughter or her friend was coaching Jean Benet in the pageant circuit. So she would make these like crazy elaborate costumes for Jean Benet that we all know we've all seen the fucking photos of. We've seen her hair, which I don't know what they did to that child's hair, but it looks incredible in it those photos. It looks incredible. So just some things that John Bonet won in the pageant circuit. She won the title of America's Royal Miss, Little Miss Charlevoix, Little Miss Colorado, Colorado State All-Star Kids Cover Girl, and National Tiny Miss Beauty. What names? I mean, she fucking... One at all and a family friend's daughter was over and the two of them were playing and we're, she's looking at all of the trophies and she's like jean benet what are those and she's like oh yeah i do pageants but these are more my mom's than mine um we've all seen toddlers in tiaras which it talks about the sexualization of young girls of yeah wearing very makeup, troubling of of shaking your hips but in this um interview with the seamstress who who made jean benet's costumes she talked about how the 17 year old who was coaching her made sure to tell her not to pop her hip which was like i guess a more adult pose of sorts which i thought was like an interesting thing of like it being calculated into not making them hypersexual
0: at one point, I think it's also like not even just a question of sexualizing them mm-hmm. as much as it is taking a five year old and putting lipstick and tanner and dyeing oh hair that like stuff that sends a message to them. There's a lot of work to be done to make you beautiful right. and we've got to get this work done so you'll be beautiful and win a prize. That is a very strange message to send to someone that young that you are not perfectly beautiful when you wake up in the morning and get out of bed. Just as you are.
1: Yeah. The amount of photos that they had of this child, I mean, and airbrushed and photoshopped. Of course, the case became super popular for many reasons. One of the important reasons is it was a young, rich, white girl that made it a prominent feature in tabloids, right? That became sensationalized. I mean, how many other children were murdered who weren't given the same fanfare and coverage as this case? But having these, like, really done-up photos of this child, it was Mm -hmm. like all these magazine covers, they found there was a tabloid that had said any photo that had her and her pageant stuff sold, like, 500,000 more copies so they had clear marching orders where it was like hey if we get a picture of her from a pageant throw it up there and do you remember the picture with the mother and uh, with Patsy and Jean Benet like
0: it's glamour so... shot? Wait but isn't Burke in it too? There's one of the three of them yeah. that I can think of and there's another that's just of Burke and Jean Benet that is so creepy where it's almost like they're lovers like it, it has this like Look into the camera, dead eye and sexy, both of you, and like slumped over each other, and we're gonna brighten the green in your eyes. And it's yeah. Does she, super is that the one disturbing. That
1: she has a green gem, like a diamond, fang- or diamond ring on her. I don't pinky, remember that. She's like, there's also one. But where there was she's... a shoot
0: where they all just ugh, the just vibe the of it is so. Creepy to me.
1: The glamour of it all, you know? You mentioned dyeing a hair, and I think it's an important story. A neighbor friend of theirs who was pretty openly speaking to reporters and police and everything, and so was quickly disowned by the Ramsey family. And I can understand both sides on that, but apparently, John Binet came down one day and her hair had been like bleached blonde. Mm -hmm. And she was like, Patsy,
0: did you? bleach your daughter's hair and she goes oh no no
1: no! that was just from the sun that
0: neighbor though that you're talking about Mm -hmm. i'm aware of who you're talking about because i've watched all the documentaries as well and i felt disinclined to believe her very much because i felt that something happened where she felt ousted and she turned on them and she was very happy to say anything negative to a degree where she'd mention really silly things like i think There was a murder that happened and Patsy was talking about it, unrelated, and Patsy said something like, you can get away with murder in this country. She talked about... The idea that you would take that so out of context. context and bring it up in an interview and be like, see, that must have been when the seed was planted that she thought she could get away with murder. For
1: the record, the <laughs> case that they were referring to was the O.J. Simpson murder oh, trial. okay, exactly. Which was like, you can't sit there and say, oh, wow, someone said he got away with murder. They must be inclined to do a murder later. that. Fuck that.
0: That was so aggressive that, that was I was the, like, all the, right, anything out of this woman's mouth, I'm not sure I buy. I think buy. it was the
1: gardener who said that too, who also I got a vibe from. You know, it's a really weird thing to talk about, like, the people close to the Ramses and who's talking to the press and all that stuff. Because, like, people who are looking to speak to the press, I'm suspect of a little bit. of Like, what are your motives? Like, I also think it's worth noting is that the family is from Georgia, uh, the Atlanta, Georgia area, and they moved to Colorado. And I think what was so incongruous about being in Colorado in the pageant circuit versus being in Georgia Mm. during the pageant circuit, like they're Southern people. They're born and raised in the South and pageants are clearly more popular more attended
0: more prevalent more
1: prevalent everyone's I mean, doing they have it. debutante balls down in the south still. it's not
0: judged really the same and then it's you not, move to Colorado yeah. and there's more people raising their eyebrows at that yeah. decision
1: the family the Ramsey family was fucking well off I guess at one point they had like two private jets in the company like they were wow. rich folks they well connected um, I don't know if you need two I'm just gonna say I mean <sighs> I mean, at least get a yacht. But you're That's landlocked. You know, you're in Atlanta. You're in Colorado. There's not much like. Can you yacht in Colorado?
0: You can put you... a yacht on a lake. And I know may take up most of the lake. Do That's Colorados awkward. wear topsiders? Is that like a Sperry town? Uh, I mean, we have chads everywhere, don't we? What are chads? I don't know, <gasps> guys that wear. <gasps> yes, I know what a chad, chad is. is. Of course, I'm
1: so sorry. It's chad. It's yeah. like a popped collar khaki shorts with a whale belt and topsiders. so it's 1996 it's christmas they wake up they have christmas they get ready and they go to a family party they go to the white family party of course aptly <laughs> named by the way this True. story could
0: not get whiter
1: <laughs> truly truly could not get whiter this is what we know at 8:30 p.m they leave the white party At 9.15, they get home. Jean Benet is asleep. At 9.20, her father, John puts her to bed. And that's pretty much all we know. One
0: thing I want to note about that party is that was a party where somebody at the party called 911. I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't? No. It's really weird. Somebody at that party called 911 and the cops came and they don't know, like, why. No one said anything. It wasn't like the call... Uh, anyone said anything? It was like maybe it was a kid pranking, but one very not celebrated, not widely circulated theory is was somebody at that party calling nine one one to see how fast it took police to get there.
1: Wild!
0: Like how on it are the Boulder police this Christmas? Let's check it out.
1: I'm more like if you have a bougie ass holiday party, which we've all. I shouldn't say we've all been to, but we've all been to a holiday party that, like, isn't a fucking kegger rager where nobody's calling 911 unless provoked to, right? Well, like, that's
0: why it's a mystery
1: called. I can't believe none of the documentaries, nothing that I saw, yeah, that had that information
0: in it. It's true. I'll never lie to you. <laughs> um,
1: I do know, so after Jean Benet goes to bed, is put in her own bed at 9.20, Burke stays up a little bit to put together his, like, train set. I guess his dad helps him a little bit. Parents go to bed. I mean,
0: so the kids— They go to bed. The reason, also, they were going to bed early is they have planned um, a vacation, and they're leaving the next morning to go to—
1: Charlevoix, Michigan. Michigan. Er, yeah, right. They are Michi- They have a Michigan house out yeah, there. Yeah, of course.
0: So they're going to get up early as well. And it's purported everybody sleeps through the night. And at 530, Patsy gets up and she's going to prepare for the trip. She puts back on her clothes that she wore to yeah. the party, which I'm going to be honest. I know I'm supposed to take the side that it wasn't the parents. And there's nothing about that that says it was. I just want to say it's weird to me.
1: It's bizarre she says in an interview later that she put her clothes on in the bathtub and the next day put them back on. I when I go to when I go to a party I'm wearing something that's fine and comfortable,
0: but like not what I want first thing in the morning when I wake up. Also, aren't you wearing leggings, pumps and a glitter sweater? Then when you go to the airport, you're not going to wear leggings, pumps, and a glitter sweater. You're going to wear a juicy couture sweatsuit. I mean, I feel
1: like the story would be (laughs) way more probable if she wakes up and is in her pajamas about to make coffee, get in a robe. She calls the police, needs to put on something, and then throws that on.
0: The wearing the same outfit. To go downstairs. Is weird. Super odd to me. Weird. It's never sat well. But uh, nonetheless, that's what we're told. She goes down uh, the stairs. From her room to the main floor near the bottom of the stairs, she finds a two and a half page handwritten ransom note. It says that Jean Benet's been kidnapped. She screams. They rush to check the room. And John rushes in as well, and John Benet's room is empty. They also check on Burke at this time, who they say is asleep in bed. That I want to talk about the note since we're on the note.
1: Yeah, read it. I, yeah, I was going to read it as well.
0: Well, should we read it at the exact same time?
1: Duh.
0: No. no. J.K.
1: LOL.
0: Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We do respect your businesses, but not in the... We do respect your business, and business is the only word I believe that's misspelled. It's uh, spelled like busyness a little bit. Too many S's, which let's be honest,
1: business is a a hard word. There's too many S's.
0: In, In general. In the world. We do respect your business, but not the country that it serves. At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed, and if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attache to the bank. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 10 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money, and hence an earlier delivery pickup of your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not to provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement countermeasures and tactics, You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good Southern common sense of yours. It's up to you now, John. Victory! SBTC! Let's talk about this note. Let's
1: fucking go in
0: okay. on this note. What are your impressions?
1: One, it's hard to say what my impressions are because I've watched so much and I've read so much about it. But it say is say what you watched and learned. so long. It it's is long as
0: fuck. So it took them
1: fucking long. How, and
0: Twenty minutes, I believe, is about how long it took to, to reconstruct this note. It is
1: so long. It is made on a notepad that was found at the scene of the crime there is evidence to say that there were a couple of test drafts before they did this one so if this were to take 20 minutes to reconstruct in addition to drafts 30 minutes call it a 30 Let's minute call it a project 30 minute at least
0: and at not least. only was the notepad sourced to the home that it was written on the pen was as well so we know it was written in the home why it's of significance that it took so long to write is that it was written in the home. It was not brought as a prop by someone that came in. Exactly. It was written in the home. In the home.
1: And the only fingerprints on it were Patsy's and I think the police that handled it. But I know Patsy's handprints were all fingerprints were all over it.
0: Well she picked it up but she That's picked it out. So it's big not yeah, it's surprise. not a big deal.
1: But you know Someone was wearing gloves and managed to write a tune at that. Have you ever tried writing in gloves? It's awful. Business is spelled wrong, as we said. It's quite long. It was found on the spiral staircase, which spiral, let's just say, I just want to say spiral staircases, although they are cool, I do not think I would want one in my house. They're so trippy and hard pass for me. Mm They feel dangerous, but leaving a note on the spiral staircase feels bizarre that it's not in John Binet's bed or it's it feels weird that it's found right when she's coming down wouldn't you put it where the kid is you don't want someone to find it right when they wake up like you don't you want to buy more time for yourself in a way well
0: here's my thought on that if it was an intruder which is the theory I'm going to be pushing mm-hmm. then going back up on the floor where everybody's sleeping after you've written it Seems like a bad idea. Right? It just feels... No, I'm saying going all the way up to Jean Benet's room. Upstairs.
1: Put it on the kitchen table. You know they're
0: going to walk by it if they go down the stairs.
1: But don't you not want them to find it right away? I mean, I guess if you don't want them to call the police right away. Right. I don't buy that that's the most convenient place or the most intelligent place to put a ransom note.
0: Well, there's a lot of weird things about it. How about how the note has quotes from a bunch of different movies, movies, including speed. Yes! The Including speed one always speed. jumps out at me.
1: The speed one's pretty funny. Um, there's also, I think, what is it? Is it really Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry. There it is. And the theory that I'm pushing is that it's a member of the family. And of course, during the crime scene photo, there is like movie posters. But I don't think that's very damning. I also find peculiar about the note is the ransom request of $118,000. Because that amount is his bonus. It clearly is someone who's well versed on his business dealings and has intimate knowledge if we're going to say that it that re- the ransom note was written by an outside person it feels like there's so much intimate knowledge of his business but i do know that they like tested everyone who had his business and no one knew his company it's not like oj where everybody knew him they were a famous family like they knew he he was the juice this is like He's not that famous, that He's not that
0: famous, but here's the thing. Uh, Rumors happen, and uh, knowing about this bonus, it could have been anybody that knew the family, as far as I'm concerned. Wouldn't you you be like, I want a half a million dollars? Well, that's what's weird about it to me and doesn't necessarily provoke me to think it was the family. Because if it was the family, you don't put a clue like that in the ransom note the other reason i don't think patsy wrote this note which they're gonna say over and over again yeah they know john didn't write it obviously burke didn't write it but patsy they couldn't be conclusive about so everyone now is like patsy wrote the note to me if you're in a panic and you're writing this yeah first of all She has no more reason to write a note that takes 20 minutes than anyone else. The only thing is she knew she had time. Yeah. But I don't think she would have written anything about Jean Benet being beheaded. I think if you are in shock that you just lost a child, I don't think as a mother, you might say, we're going to kill your kid. But I don't think you get so specific as to say, we're going to behead her. You just, you're mourning her.
1: Yeah, but don't you think adrenaline clicks in if, if we're going to say it's a member of the family and it's a cover up? Don't you think there's something where it's like, I guess we got to say the thing that's worse that no one would ever point to us? No,
0: it takes too much imagination. I just like,
1: okay, well, here's the thing. I, if this ransom note was real. Mm-hmm. Jean Benet's dead the whole time in the house. Yeah. It doesn't make any
0: sense. Like, they make this ransom letter, she dies, they put her in the basement, they leave the ransom letter there. Can I tell you what I think would make the most sense if it's an intruder? I don't think that Jean Benet died and then they were like, let's sit down and write a 20 minute ransom note. I think the intruder got in while they were at Fleet White's house stayed there wrote this note in anticipation of a kidnap i don't for the record i don't think it was a foreign faction i don't think no, it was anything there's so no ridiculous way. but i i do think there's a possibility that whoever wrote this note did have all the time in the world because they broke in while they were at this party and hid in the basement and wrote this note and was going to leave it behind and then everything went wrong or write, and the note was already written. So the 20 minutes is neither here nor there.
1: Another thing that I'll say is if someone's seeing this note and someone stole my child and said, Do not call the police, I'm watching you, don't you think there's a part of you that wouldn't be calling 911 with a hysterical call like that? If someone is sitting there saying, I have your daughter, don't you think, like, I guess I would call 911, I just. Listen, I'm not saying listen to the the ransom, but do you think that there's any part of a parent picking up a letter and saying, "Do not call the police. If you do, she's dead," and then your first thought is, "I'm going to call the police." Don't you think that's
0: a little? Bizarre? I would call the police right away. Right, I would. i, I thought would about too, that because I like, also, it's. I get what you're saying. Like, would you wait for like eight a.m. But I wouldn't – when they're so little like that, they're
1: children. Yeah, but I would say specifically in the 911 call, they say not to call the police. So send someone over in an unmarked car or find a way into our house. That's not clear. Like, don't you think you'd be like, don't send everyone over? Because as soon as she gets the letter, she calls the police and then calls two of her best friends to come over and sit
0: with her. The calling two friends part is also – Kind of strange. Maybe she's really close. Maybe they love the whites. They
1: love the whites.
0: <laughs> well, what Carrie's referring to is that right after this note comes, she does call. Patsy Ramsey does call 911 at 552 AM. I'm gonna play that 911 call. Oh, um, note was left and your daughter is yeah. gone. How old is your daughter? Six years old. She's gone. Six years old. How long ago was it? I don't know. I just held the note. Like, and oh, my brothers, did it stay in the checker? What? Is it saying in the checker? I don't know. There's a, a ransom note here. It's a ransom note? It
1: says F-B-T-C. Victory.
0: Okay, what's your name? Are you Kathy? Kathy Ramsey. I'm the lover. Oh my God. Please. I'm, okay, I'm telling you not the film, okay? Please. Do you know how long she's been gone? No, I don't. Please, we just got out. Did she run right here? Oh my God, please. Okay. Please, okay. I am, honey. Please. Take a deep breath please. Me, okay? Hurry, hurry, hurry. Kathy, Kathy? No. Kathy? So that's the phone call. What I want to say about it that stuck Mm -hmm. out to me, and again, I'm taking the intruder side, intruder side, is that she is asked who wrote the ransom note. And she does give SBTC victory. It takes her a minute. So it feels to me like what happens is she is asked. And has to actually look if she wrote that fucking note and you said to her who sent you this note and you had a minute ago written SBTC wouldn't you say SBTC she's like what and they're like who wrote it and she's like SBTC it feels to me like she goes back and looks at the note so to me the timeline If she wrote it, does it make sense? Not only that, but she says SBTC, Mm -hmm. victory. Right. That's not what the note says. The note says victory, SBTC. Do we
1: know what SBTC stands for?
0: We do not. Yeah. But if you wrote that note and you wrote victory, SBTC, and then someone asked you what the note said, you would also probably say victory, SBTC. You would not read it backward up a page unless... If it's a person that doesn't remember what the note says and you're looking at it, you would read the last thing on it, SBTC, and then you would maybe scan up. That makes it look to me like she didn't write the note.
1: Now, here's a question as someone who has a house with multiple floors. Uh-huh. If something were to happen yeah, and there was a ransom note and your child was missing, you'd call 911. But don't you think what you would do is you'd run through your home? And check every room to make sure it wasn't a joke. It wasn't like there was nothing else going on.
0: We don't know physically what she was doing. She's very out of breath, sounding. Yes, she could have been moving that entire phone call. We don't know. Well, she well, we know because uh, I don't I think it was a
1: corded phone, so she was really stuck in a radius. Oh, is that true? But what I'm saying is, is like knowing that we're going to find John May's body in the home that they are in. The fact that no one is tearing through the house. I'm imagining you're right. like I'm okay. imagining my no, mother right. who would be like, "What? What's going on?" and because you don't, I again, I'm imagining my mom where it's like she would go in every room, she would check the beds, she would check under them, she would check the closet just to make sure like I think when every th- when something like this happens, you go through panic, f- I mean, fight, flight or freeze, so maybe she froze. But I feel like I'd be like running through my home like because they have a fucking huge house with the basement that we haven't even talked about yet which is like
0: different rooms going in different areas Mm -hmm. like
1: i mean don't you think you'd fucking i don't know i'm
0: trying to actually i'm trying to honor what you're asking by imagining imagining if this were to happen and i were to find a note that said co is gone i would look on this floor and i would look upstairs i wouldn't go to the basement okay I wouldn't because I would assume the note's telling the truth at least in so far as he was taken. Yeah. I wouldn't be like now let's go to the backyard and look in the you know like I'd be like I think he's taken. Right. I and mean, that would be the most pressing thing is. But your basement he's been is taken. also like
1: not something you lived in like there's a playroom down there there's a like they did lo- like that Okay. Cuz because there's another apartment downstairs that it's not your space. Like, um, I don't know, like imagine your parents' house. In I wouldn't check the
0: closets that we'd have. I mean, yeah, eventually you would. But eventually I would. It is not what I would do first. I would call the police yes. and I would. People uh, give Patsy a lot of shit for some of the things in this call. They think it's like awkward that she says I'm the mother. They think it's awkward that she says we have a kidnapping. I have I, That's time. nitpicky to me. To
1: me, nitpicky. I also agree. I feel like when someone is calling an emotional stress, I think we've talked about it once. We'll say it. We've said it once. We'll say it before. But, like, I don't know Patsy. I don't know her vibe. Like, I feel like if... I can imagine what my mom's 911 call... Can you imagine what your mom's 911 call would be? No. I, can, I, I have a theory of what my mom's would be. Like, her voice and how she Either sounds. Either way, and
0: like, I, I, I think... Um, I just don't know this woman. I don't know Patsy. Nothing she says to me sets off alarm bells that this is falsified. Right. Okay. But... I do know you're probably going to have something to say about the audio they say they pick up. even Which I cannot fucking hear for the the life life of me. me. And it felt like it was exclusively CBS saying that this is what...
1: I'm going to be honest with you. As much as I'm taking the side of the family, and I actually do think there's something going on there because of the way that they evaded the police and the investigation and they lawyered up. There's a lot of things that are happening that I find really fucking suspect what what I will say about the CBS documentary I did find that even from the very beginning their intentions were who they wanted to make it look like and I think for me that I that lost credibility for me for them because it felt like everything they were doing they were like yes it's yes but could a kid do it the voicemail I'm not willing to nitpick whether her breathing was faked. I do know that when you're crying in a scene and you're acting, you breathe heavily to get more emotion. But that also is when you're emotional, you breathe heavy. So I can't. I don't know Patsy's acting background, but I'd love to know her techniques. Moving on.
0: Okay. So after calling the police, Patsy does call as uh, her buddies. Fleet. Two
1: besties. She's like, I don't want to do this by myself. Come on over. I and... would not want anyone coming. I would want to.
0: I mean, this is a crime scene. Someone was just in her home. Yeah, she calls a couple friends. It's not even just the whites. It's another couple as well. And people are coming over. uh, And fucking with the crime scene. Police are not secure. The most important thing you guys need to know about this case, it'll come up time and time again, is how badly uh, they failed to secure the scene. They failed. Everything.
1: Every piece of evidence was tampered with. Compromised. Compromised. Adjusted. Every single one.
0: So, obviously, the ransom note says that they're going to call between 8 and 10 a.m. That call never comes. Mm -hmm. Boulder Police Department detective Linda Arndt ends up being with the family while the other uh, detectives and police are dispersed. And she is concerned about the parents, as you would be.
1: Her bullshit. I mean, she's a police officer. Her bullshit
0: meter is up. Um, But I also think she's concerned about them emotionally.
1: Yeah, they're like, they they talk about how it was very clear that the police department was like, these are victims, they're not suspects.
0: She says to John, why don't you search the home for anything unusual? Now, this is absurd that you're going to have the father. the father rummaging through stuff the police haven't rummaged through, but she says she did this to keep him occupied. He does. He he's out of their care for a long time. He goes and checks. Was that when he said he's going to go get the mail or something? He's gone for a while. He's also uh, still planning to fly that day, which a lot of people think is bizarre. It's important to note. I do want to interrupt. It's important to note that a
1: police officer on the scene passed by the um, basement and they noticed like the peg lock that is that locks it. Was intact. The police officer's intention was to look, they just like noticed it on their walk, but, or like when they were walking around the house, but the police officer was like already looking at possible escape points of like who left from where. And because the basement door locked from the outside, nobody could go down and lock it. Now, if we're talking suspects, somebody could have gone, oh, that's unlocked and locked it again. We don't know, but that's important to note that the basement was technically locked from inside the house, which is to say no one will go out
0: and lock it. Got it. Uh, But Fleet and John go into the basement to check everything. They search the playroom. They see that there's a broken ground level window and a suitcase beneath the window that normally was stored in a different location. Eventually, John goes into the wine cellar in the basement, which was a sort of storage area. Didn't they,
1: maybe I'm misremembering, Didn't they go downstairs, check the thing, then come back up? Then the police was like, "Okay, we're doing a top to bottom search now. Like they like there was a break where the police had
0: been in the basement before he and Fleet had been in the basement, but didn't find anything. Okay. Then he and Fleet go into the basement. Fleet opens the cellar, but doesn't see anything. The lights are out and doesn't bother to find the light or or check. But then John goes in, does turn on the light, sees her body wrapped up. Cries out and knows it's Jean Benet. She has duct tape on her mouth. She has her wrist tied above her head. She has, uh, I always want to say this word garret, rhyming with carrot, but I think it's garrot.
1: Garrot, garret, yeah. A
0: Garrett, um, around her neck. He picks her up, carries her upstairs, moves the body, lays her body out on the floor of the living room.
1: Yeah.
0: And everyone crowds around her. He's touching her. Patricia's touching her and screaming, as you would, she's for like the record. She's, like, fully
1: holding, keening over her daughter.
0: Crying out. No one is doubting
1: that she and her, that John and Patsy did not love their daughter.
0: And she's crying out to God to resurrect Jean Benet. Mm-hmm. Um, Merry Christmas.
1: Well, that's Easter.
0: Oh, correct. That, I'm Jewish. But people that witnessed Patsy say that it was primal. Real it was Primal screaming. screaming
1: yeah both police and her friends commented on that
0: which is what you would expect mm-hmm. so the garrote that was around Jean Benet's neck that was made from a nylon cord and a wooden handle that was from a paintbrush that was patsy's that was in a paint tray in the boiler room of the basement the end of the nylon is tied to the wooden handle so it's sort of like there's a slip knot and you can pull it tighter around her neck with the loop the end portion is the wooden handle, the cord that was used to construct it. Even though they figure out the paintbrush thing, mm-hmm. the cord they never find in the house. I do find that this, the duct tape they never find in the house.
1: The garage, the gar. I, I always find that a bizarre tool device, device
0: to use. A weird. It's a tool. little bit of a sexual thing, actually. Yeah. Like it's something that you would more commonly read about or see in instances of people that are into sexual bondage stuff. Okay. Um, And that sexualizes the death just as much as the findings that are that that wood that I just told you about that is the paintbrush. Really small fragments of that are found in her vagina, Mm -hmm. which lead them to believe either there was some penetration with the grot. Or um, someone was touching third. the garage and then had maybe digitally penetrated her yeah. and left those little bits of wood behind.
1: They found the top part, the head of the brush, in the um, in in where she kept all of her Patsy's brushes were, but there was a bottom third because it was broken from both angles uh-huh. that they never recovered. Got it. I believe that to be the
0: case. Okay. There's also some fiber evidence that suggests that some of that cord that they never found, some of that, the rest of the duct tape they never found, was also in Jean Bonnet's room at a certain time. Oh. Some of that fiber was left behind. Okay. Again, every time I tell you guys something like that, it's really fucking suspect and tricky because. Because of the contamination. The of contamination of the, scene. of the crime scene is so severe. There were. Groups of people allowed to walk around this home and touch things and move things, and a lot of the DNA stuff or the fibers from objects, you would have been able to touch something and then touch something else and transfer Transference it. Transference is real. Even where John Binet was picked up and moved
1: to the living room or moved to the top of the stairs, she was then picked up again and moved to the living room. She was picked up twice. Right. So and so a police officer was like, where did he first drop her body? And they're like, oh, where your feet are. So like where you're stepping, where you're standing right now. And they're like, "Okay, well, this is fucked. Did the family want to find her when they said, let's go top to bottom and search for anything specific? Don't you think the father grabbing her, the mother holding on to her, if there was any trace evidence of anything on her from them? They were able to justify why it would be on the blanket,
0: why it would be on the duct tape, why it would be on everything. It's also their home, so their DNA is all over everything. Yeah, but
1: it would just be better safe than sorry. We're
0: going to talk more. And our theories. And our theories. Next week. On New Year's Day. It's our New Year's Day It's a New Year's episode. Episode Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's. What are your resolutions? Let's talk about it next week. See you then